Hey everybody, it's Thursday night and it's time for another Kingdom of Loathing podcast with me, Jake. And me, Riff. And me, Hot Stuff. How's it going, fellas? Yeah. Okay. How's KOL life treating you? It's pretty, all right. Pretty, pretty good. Exciting stuff is in the yeah. pipes. Working on an avatar path. Sure. An avatar <laughs> of Susie. Have we ever talked about doing avatar of avatar? Oh no! Like, would it be the last Airbender or Blue? I think blue, it would be both, which would be pretty funny. Okay, blue yeah. cat people that can bend air, and maybe also uh, Quest of the Avatar, the Ultima Four game. I'd like mm. to be a milk bender. I'd like to go on a milk bender, just drink all that milk. <laughs> For weeks, not uh, telling anybody where I am. That challenge where you drink an entire gallon of whole milk in in a half an Ugh. hour or whatever it is. But you're not allowed to barf. Oh, uh, you do. That's, you will. That's the challenge. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You will. <laughs> you Really? You can't drink a gallon of milk in half an hour without barfing? I, I forget what the I've time I've never seen anybody was. do it. Hmm. But I've, they've just barfed and it's just barfing. I've seen a bunch of people try and they've gotten sick. Gross. Why? Mm. Fraternity life. Man, remember when we accidentally did the cinnamon challenge? God. Fuck. You did that yes. accidentally? <laughs> well, we didn't. I we feel like if I had known. Well, sure. Okay. That was part of it. That was a cool part of it. If I had known, <laughs> if I had read about it, I probably wouldn't have done it. It's, mm. it's super dangerous. It's actually kind of dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, um, it's just, I mean, cinnamon seems like a powdered food substance that would dissolve like all the other powdered food substances, but it doesn't. It's nope. basically just like sawdust. It's bark. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh God! Think just thinking about it, like I was, I was coughing for. Yeah, you got a lung full of it. I I didn't. I just was. Yeah, man. No, what a mess. But yep, wasn't even a real thing. Yep, we were doing the idiot rod, and uh, a team set up a fake checkpoint. I mean, it's pretty fucking brilliant. Yep, but they should have done something (laughs) way less dangerous than that because that was some fucking bullshit. Yeah, they should have done something gross but not dangerous, right? Like, because I mean, the next one was like chug a whole bottle of Tabasco sauce or whatever. But really, it was draw a number out of a hat, and depending on the number you got, you either either had to chug a whole bottle of Tabasco sauce or do nothing. Yeah, we we got the number. I feel like that would be dangerous too. Eh. Tabasco sauce is whatever. I mean, it's just like, you know, do a shot of vinegar, whatever. They were small bottles. Oh, the, remember that time I, I drank small bottles a glass of Worcestershire sauce? A glass sauce? of Worcestershire sauce? I that do. That was really gross. Ew. Yeah. Ew. I mean, that was a poor I, choice. Worcestershire sauce is okay, but not a glass of it. No, You it's, guys were spoiling I, I, the theme, the abattoir of Susie, where you just have to drink uh, <laughs> things and eat things just in way larger things. amounts than normal. Yeah. <laughs> well, not terrible things, but just like, you know. Well, things that, that are terrible in quantity. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you drink enough water and you'll drown. Sri Raja popsicles. Three popsicles. <laughs> uh, that'd be terrible. Yeah, it sounds gross. I don't, you know, I like sriracha, but I only like a little bit of it. Yeah, yeah. I've I have basically come around to tapatio as my like go to spice. So really. it's at the top of your tios charts. It is. Like, I've always hey, been just a Tabasco guy, but I think that's just I don't know family tradition because it's always Philist- been a Tabasco family. I think I'm going to start ordering Secret Aardvark uh, by the case. What is that? That is, uh, see, that's a Portland uh, special sauce. It's basically only available in Portland, mm. and it's it's really good. Um, is, it, is it like a hot sauce, or what is yeah, it? Yeah, it's a hot sauce. Okay. Mm. It's very spicy, but like pleasant flavor like it's mm. it's just good it's yeah, really really good, good. uh yeah i don't know i tabasco just tastes like vinegar yeah tabasco's it's boring not, it uh, yeah. like i i also like tapatio i uh, sort of discovered that weirdly 
uh, it came in little packets in this instant huh. ramen that I used to get. Mm, that's weird. Like it was spicy ramen and it was just a regular chicken ramen, but then inside the thing underneath the, the paper cap was a, was a tiny little packet of tapatio. <laughs> and I just tried some of it. Like, oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. It also came with a, a, a camera tooth. <laughs> um, <laughs> did you guys know? I learned this the other day that Bluetooth is named after like a Viking king named Halgar Bluetooth and the really? little thing the little symbol for Bluetooth is his, his rune. Oh, okay. No. Yes. Really? Yep. Sure. I'm looking up the I'm looking up the rune right Was now. He, could he like I don't know, could he control little helicopters with okay. his mind? <laughs> that does totally look like a Nordic rune. Yeah, well, he he could throw his voice. That was that was basically <laughs> it. He was the first ventriloquist. Also the first person to be murdered for ventriloquism. <laughs> I guess mur- I meant executed. Um Man. But you meant it from across the room. <laughs> I made a creepy wooden dummy uh, that, but because they're they're you know they couldn't really make things that were fine like that. It was really really big. Uh, and that's why he's also credited as the inventor of Burning Man. Oh, okay. Did you see that horrible nightmare fuel link that I think Nightmare posted in chat the other day? Of what? Of uh, homemade dolls. Yes. No. Nope. It was awful. Oh my god. Oh my. God, I didn't oh. even get to the bottom of the page before. Wait, yes, I, I did. It was awesome. Put it off. <laughs> put it away. It was that was uh that was not super good. super super gross. Man, dolls are creepy. Yeah, they are. Like you ju- you don't Yeah, you when they're made out of especially when they're made out of soup bones and shit. And then There's like some nasty pictures stuff from that. magazines pasted on where their head would be. Super gross. Mhm. Or like, uh, like in uh, the "I Have No Mouth and I Must Scream" video game, where you reassure a kid by giving him a stuffed animal whose head is his mother's skull. <laughs> yeah, <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> but it's worked. It's pretty reassuring. Yeah. Um, you want to answer some questions? Yes. Okay. There, uh, because we have been kind of nose down working on stuff for the last week. I've actually mostly been doing entirely non KOL related things, like paying bills and. Like answering emails and like doing paperwork. That's exciting. It's a good life. Taking care of of grown up business. business. Sucks. Boring. I feel like an asshole for not working, but it is work. It's terrible. Yeah. Uh, Kuwarty says, thanks for making the Zeppelin pass take me. It's finally pushed me over the edge to do the Copperhead side of the quest, and it's a ton of fun. I really think you should make pirates way slower. You heard it here, folks. Kuerti is our new uh, strategy officer, and uh, sorry, it's not up to me. Knud says, oh, weird, like, this just came in, like, in between me loading the page and marking that one red. Uh, I was listening to a podcast from last year where you guys were discussing world events and whether it would work to have the player base work collectively to complete a zone or beat a monster, uh, etc. It made me think of a potential mechanic. Stop me if you've considered slash you've discussed this before. If, say, everyone was competing for a limited number of items in some new zone, you could have the chances of that item dropping for a player reduces a function of the number of times they've adventured in the zone. So, for example, everyone on their first turn might have a 5% chance, but after the second time they have a 2.5 and then a 1 and so on. This way, the rewards are most likely to drop for people who who are coming to the zone for the first time gives very little advantage to players who have hundreds of turns to burn and yet there's a reason to continue to adventure there uh, it's fair to latecomers but doesn't completely remove the incentive to continue adventuring there continually thoughts yeah that's unless it decays way way slower than that though that's basically just a one percent drop right like that is basically just whatever it's floored at across a population 
it is slightly higher. Yeah, it, that's that's a weird thing because like a couple people will get lucky and get it in that first couple of turns, but then a lot of people won't, and they won't notice that. Yeah. Right? They won't notice that advantage, and since that advantage doesn't actually amount to much mathematically. That's kind of equivalent to just setting it to whatever the lowest thing is. If you started much higher, if you started like a hundred percent and then yeah went down, it would become clear that things stopped dropping and then yeah, I mean like what we should have done with the war bear black boxes, yeah. right? So that there was still a tiny, tiny chance of them dropping. Yep. But and as opposed to just as opposed to say every one of these reduces the drop rate by one percent down to zero. Every one of these reduces the drop rate by 1% down to 0. 0.001. Um, or just on a on a mathematic curve that sort of approaches the limit. Oh, sure. I mean, you could also whatever. just do this item has a 1 in X chance of dropping, where X is the number of them that have dropped, right? So the first monster that you First kill, person is just guaranteed. No, uh, well, the, I'm first, the first one kills everything because nothing has dropped, so... Oh yeah, yeah. The first, the first time, the first one person to fight that just crashes the server. Yeah. Mm. Um. Yeah. I mean, stuff with you know item scarcity and stuff like that. We've we've basically got. uh, There's a lot of ways to do that because it's like whether an item drops is a thing that there's a very easy point to check where it's happening. Like whether a guy in the world is dead. There isn't because whether a guy in the world is dead. Yeah. Like having this is just our big argument about global 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 monsters. monsters. Right. And just it being really goofy to track because you killing a guy doesn't mean that a hundred other people aren't still in a fight with that guy. You can't because those are totally asynchronous. Well, but you 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 couldn't uh, have every round of fight check that global variable and make sure that he hadn't died. Yeah, you, I mean, you could. I think it'd be, I think it would be very dissatisfying for the people who were kicked out of the fight because somebody else killed the guy. But maybe not. I mean, <laughs> if you, you know, if you said who it was that killed it, they could go be mad at that guy instead of us. I guess suddenly get a message that you know, Coerty jumps into the fray and kills the dude and steals your kill. It's you always Coerty. You could get a off bonus for being actively in the middle of the fight when it ends, right? Like. Because we could timestamp it. Yeah, I mean, I guess we could just have, force you into a choice that then told you who did it, and then gives you gives you some, you know, and if you if splattered you with some awesome blood. We're in that. <laughs> if you like triggered that choice within the five minutes after he was killed, then that could be worth something. Yeah, I was absentmindedly fidgeting with something, and it turned out to be the ear of salacious crumb, and now I feel gross. <laughs> yeah, I'm just good. sitting here. Now he's just nibbling on your arm, stroking salacious crumb's ear. Take it easy, capuchin hacker fucker. We're all friends here. Hi, guys, says Abby. Well, first, I wanted to say that after 100 hardcore ascensions, the prize of the new standard outfit tempted me enough to try my first normal ascension. While I'll definitely go back to hardcore when I'm done, I've really been having a lot of fun, and I wanted to thank you for bribing me into trying the game in a way that was outside my comfort zone. Whoa. Awesome. Thank you. That's a nice, like, that's a sentiment that you don't often hear, but I I do feel like people probably appreciate it. I think that. Not a lot of people would go to the trouble that Abby Will went to to actually tell us right. mm-hmm. that she was happy with something, right? Like, because that's the thing. Like, most people only will talk to you when they have a complaint. That's actually not super true of... Super uh, troopers? It's mostly true in the forums. It's not true of this thing where you actually get the sense that you're directly communicating with a person and you're not doing it in public. Like, 
the questions that are sent in through the community forum are much nicer than right. forum posts were. Um, anyway, also, while I was playing through Hardcore Standard to complete the other outfit, I decided to challenge myself by learning the Copperhead quest for the Talisman. It took me several playthroughs for it to start to feel comfortable, but around the fifth time, it started to feel almost as fast as the pirate quest, and obviously quite a bit more entertaining. I still go back to the pirates sometimes, but they're comfortable and familiar, and I like the insults, but I really enjoy the Copperhead quest a lot more. I'm wondering if there were an incentive to play through the quest five or ten times, if a lot of players might begin to enjoy it as well, and maybe even figure out how quick it can potentially be. Maybe you could get a permanent reward that in the end gives you a choice to make things slightly smoother, like the Shark's Chum semi-rare, looking slightly more like a Lin being slightly better at scaring away protesters or even learning a convoluted recipe to make unnamed cocktails. I feel like a lot of players would like it if they tried it enough times to figure it out. I also feel like that. <laughs> um, but thank you for saying so again. You know, it's one of those things where I think it's just poorly understood because all of the speedsters just immediately decided, and probably it's true because of the bridge, but, you know, I wonder, I wonder if the secret isn't to... Just make the copperhead a couple turns faster than the pirates if you do everything right, not tell anyone, and then people will just discover it on their own. I mean, we just put in... Good good job being secretive about it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we just put the loin girders in as a thing that you get. Although they point out that if that were true, you'd have to wait. I still... I'm just not even buying it that it's so critically important that you're able to do the pirates early. Um because that is like implying that there is a time at which there is nothing you could possibly be doing well but except it, the pirates which is just isn't true right like being able to go there so that you also get advantages with things like the right right the but, my, but if the the assertion has to be that that is the only thing in the game like that and it's just straight up not Right. Like if you didn't, if you couldn't get the advantage of doing the pirates early, you would figure out something else you could do early. It's just part of this rote thing that everyone's doing now. Man, let's make every show about this. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> anyway, thank you a lot, Abby Will, for, uh, for, the, for that, that submission. Um, Lord Hyperion says, I thought I would add my two cents about uh, recent discussions uh, regarding allowing name changes. I had a recent experience where I know I would have left a gaming community if I couldn't change my account name. My username included the word Isis in reference to the Egyptian god. Recent <laughs> events have entirely changed the meaning of that word and resulted in me being all but shunned from the community. I know this is not why most players would want to change their names, but as KOL continues on for its second decade, some words will inevitably change meanings and not always for the better. Even if it's not a free ability, it could be a big help for a few people. <sighs> I mean, I'm not averse to the $5 foot long name change <laughs> and we could only we could also like make it available for a couple days so that it's not like cluttering up mr store once a year yeah so, like a custom or once form. a month i mean whenever anybody asks we'll put it back in there for a few hours really if you just send me five uncle bucks and a trade offer i'll just give you one <laughs> oh, jesus um says King Bobson, if you search Kingdom of Loathing on Google, their quick summary box has the only review of KOL at two out of five stars. I feel like that's sort of that's the sort of thing you should get fixed. Oh, and if you're wondering what the rating was for, it was primarily because kids shouldn't be associating alcohol and violence with play if you want to feel a little more in the right. <laughs> I feel like that's what the common sense media review or something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the problem is that we haven't gotten any press in 10 years. That's and not so true, but I mean, well, we, there have, there have not been any reviews. I mean, does KOL have a Metacritic page? I don't know. Probably. I, I bet. Well, if I bet we don't, I feel like everything has a Metacritic page. I don't know, man. 
I mean, there's really nothing we can do about that, right? Like, if we could get pressed right about us, we would. Um, that's weird. Google just keeps adding more and more and more things that it's doing for you. Like, more often than not now, when I search for something on IMDb, Google has already told me what I need to know or what I was looking for before I followed the link to IMDb. It's yeah, like it's, I think that's good, right? It's flight status thing is so nice relative to other companies' flight status things, which are all bullshit branded to the point where I'm surprised that any other airline, any other airline allows them to do it. But yeah, you know what? Get us reviewed. It's weird to review a game that's 13 years old, though, right? Because a game that's 13 years old is done. People don't think about... Like, there aren't a lot of new reviews being posted for World of Warcraft. It's a weird thing. You didn't hang up on Riff in all of your ministrations here, did you? No. Nope, I'm still here. Guys, did you know... Did you know that being able to use data service while you're talking on the phone is a feature that AT&T, but not Verizon, has? Huh. Really? And that that's total bullshit? I remember when it wasn't true. Um... And that once it, they, they announced that now you could do it, it was like a feature of 4G or something. And then, yeah, I switched so to you, Verizon and now I can't use data. So I cannot use over the air data while I'm on the phone, huh. which totally sucks. Because how am I supposed to read Twitter while I talk to my boring friends? <laughs> uh, yeah, Metacritic. We are not on Metacritic. Uh, but when I search on the, them for us, uh, Kingdom of Loathing free shipping on qualified orders comes up. Oh. Buy Kingdom of Loathing at Amazon. Oh, we can buy. That's cool. Let's do it. Uh, Wouldn't it be so, great if we could just buy this game one. instead of making it? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, if we could just buy a new challenge uh, pack. That's weird. What? So. Is it like an ebook of printouts from the KOL wiki? No. So it's Mr. Card Game and then an adventure is UDVD. Huh. That's weird. Yeah. Who could possibly be fulfilling those if not us? That is super weird. Who is selling this? Is it like a, a used copy? I guess that makes it's sense. sold by... Ships from and sold by Amazon.com. Huh. Well, Hamfish says, What are your thoughts on some additional cross-class? I mean, uh, love fish. Do, does everybody get spooky Valentine's Day names? Yes, they do. Uh, Lovefish says, what are your thoughts on some additional cross-class skills that could, be, could, yeah, could become available if you have certain other skills permed? Like an additional bonus to initiative and weapon damage when using two knives as a disco bandit, requiring you to have the double-fisted skull-smashing skill or something like that. Actually, maybe this is a terrible idea. I can't really think of any other cool interactions. Never mind. I mean, it, there are some nice systemic interactions between multiple class skills. All right, quit freaking out. Be here now. I'm Hot super stuff. confused about this thing on... Amazon. Well, it'll still be confusing in an hour <laughs> when we're sitting at a bar instead <laughs> of trying to record it. a podcast. So in an hour, um, leave it open on your phone. It, I, it's too late. I've already closed it. Oh well, okay, good. Um, yeah, I mean, I it's a cool idea, the idea of of certain combinations of skills unlocking certain things, but I, it's it would be weird to just do a couple of them. I think. And it would be really hard to do full cycles of them. Also, there's plenty of skills. We doubled the number of class skills last year. Dublin. Glebe says, I mean, 
Love Glebes says, new item of the month, bugs or feature? Oh, bugs of feature. What was the brainstorming list of what kinds of assorted things can we make this do like? Uh, Well, Riff mostly suggested things that were like combat invocations of it or things that would happen in previous rounds. And then I ended up not having it do anything in interstitial rounds of combat. So all of Riff's jokes did not get used. (laughs) Um, Uh, There were a few of them. I feel like you did the the death watch beetle gets you whatever it gets you and stuff like that. Oh yeah. I had that do the, uh, spooky, spooky coins, yeah. coins, spiracy coins, spiracy, Carl the third. Uh, it, you know, it was a brainstorming list. It was like, Oh, maybe a love carpenter ant could bring you some, uh, building material is what I said. And then what hot stuff said was maybe a love carpenter ant could bring you some extra building materials. <laughs> um, that's how you know it's a good idea. Yeah, it is. Uh, if only two, it's like playing Dixit. If only two of us come up with it, then it's a good idea. If all of us come up with it, it's too obvious and we right. shouldn't do it. Um, <laughs> Did I say ant or wasp? Oh, I don't know. Is carpenter wasp a thing? Yeah, those things are nasty. There's carpenter bees, which are actually just some kind of beetle that don't even sting. Those are like those big bumblebee looking things that fly around in Arizona. Huh. I'm pretty sure they don't have stingers. They're too busy building houses. Mm, yeah. Yeah, new new subdivisions. Um, fuck, man. It's getting to be the season where the bees are going to move back into my house. Cool. Going to probably need to fix that. I've never seen uh, swarming behavior in bees except at your house. Yeah, you know, it's, they save it for me. <laughs> you, are, you are a magnet for all things like uh, insectoid, like scorpions, scorpions and, bees and bees and stuff. It's really and just this. Ha- no, there were bees at the previous house. I too. think that particular magnetic field interferes with. It's the same thing that makes Wi-Fi stop working. Yeah. yeah, that's probably it. Bees can just see it. They can say, "Oh, let's go fuck with that guy's shit." Huh? I wonder if there is something to this. You got some sort of weird field about yeah. Yeah, I mean, I also can move things with my mind. Okay, Maybe it has something to do with that. Might I? I pretty regularly try to do the thing from powder. And so far, it never works. What is that? Uh, where you rub a spoon and then levitate it, <laughs> and then all the other spoons in the room fly towards it. Huh. You haven't seen Powder? I guess not. No, oh, it's pretty good. <laughs> I would have assumed it was a movie about doing cocaine. <laughs> no, it's a movie about a magic lightning baby who is magic. Huh. And then I think he teaches Jeff Goldblum how to love. Did you... Doesn't he get like a get gypsy s- curse or something? Struck by lightning? <laughs> no, his mother was struck by lightning while he was in utero... Oh. And then he's a hairless Listening genius. To Nirvana. And Jeff Goldblum understands him. <laughs> um, <laughs> Jeff Goldblum is his Jaime Escalante. Okay. Um, and but that yeah, but you know, but then the tide turns. He can't stand and deliver anymore. There's a scene where a bunch of people decide that he's gay because he's looking at a dude, but he was only looking at the dude because the dude had a bunch of body hair and he didn't have any body hair, and so he was fascinated by the body hair. But then they were like, "What's up, gay wad?" And they throw him in the mud. But then he floats them off the ground and everybody dies. No, he's nice. He's too nice to live. That's I think that that's the he's too beautiful to be in the world. I see. That's the moral of the story. Did you just want to destroy something beautiful? No, that's a different movie. Okay. That was the only part of that movie that I didn't like. That scene? No, just that. Like that was the only thing where it was like it, instead of, you know, it was largely like about sticking it to the man. Until it was like, let's stick it to this one guy, which just seemed real shitty, you know, that was the like, and I guess maybe all of it was kind of shitty 
if you think about it, because, you know, the man has a lot of employees. Those employees have families to feed. You know, but they should be raising elk. Okay. <laughs> oh man, there was. I thought about this the other day. There was so over by the over by the restaurant down, uh, you know, about fifteen miles south of our place, where your girlfriend likes to eat the ice cream sandwiches. They have this big piece of public art that's one of those big spheres that's in a sort of on a little layer of water, so it's super heavy, but you can move it around with your hands. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like. And, uh, giant marble. There were some kids, there were some kids playing with it. And then there was this old man walking with his family who saw them and thought that they were vandalizing it. And he yelled, he literally shook his cane and yelled, Hey, you troublemakers, get out of here. (laughs) (laughs) It was the best thing. And then his family had to explain to him, like, no, it's okay. That's, that's a thing that you're supposed to be able to play with. <laughs> so great, man! I can't wait to be that guy. <laughs> yeah, you can man. start any day, Riff, if you want. Just, nah, it's, just it's, carry a cane. <laughs> get some, put some gray in your hair. Yeah, you could bleach your, you could bleach your yeah, hair. Yeah, I mean, I guess I could disguise myself as that guy. It wouldn't be the same though. <laughs> to everyone else, it would be. <laughs> yeah, you know, you could do the Peter Laurie voice. <laughs> Uh, Psyche says, if the five elements in KOL were hot, cold, stench, sleaze, spooky, what would they be? In my files, I just came across a diagram I made for some chat conversation in which I apparently proposed cheese, swag, lazy, balls, and wit. Please comment. Huh. Hmm. Cheese of everything would in the work as both cheese balls. and, and like sort of cheesy. So like, I can imagine like pun damage being a type that would just have to be the default. Um. I mean, bad spelling damage is good. Yeah. I The circle of elements is a thing that I actually kind of don't like. Because it is confusing or Yeah, it's not it's not straightforward enough to remember. I sort of wish that they were just independent, right? Like I think if I like if I'm in a KOL two, there would just be arbitrary elements. Mm-hmm. Right, which is why we could also just do like you know you, all of the hippies do dank damage instead of stench damage or whatever. So then you know you could just have a like hippie specific resistance gear dank and stuff like that damage. Because all elements is not really all elements, but I mean just being able to do stench and then like Ugh, really stench, <laughs> hey really stench, um, <laughs> you know because like we can do elements that are outside the system. But I think it would be better if all elements were outside the system, like the double damage and especially the like reduced damage against elemental monsters is it it always feels goofy to me. And like also because I sort of want cold to be weak against hot and hot to be weak against cold because that makes a ton of sense. Right. Like, it seems like the way that you would attack a snowman monster is with a blowtorch and the way that you would attack a fire monster is by throwing ice at it. Really? You don't think that the ice would just melt? You don't think that the flamethrower would just freeze? I don't. <laughs> anyway, I think it actually works the opposite of that. I think it, it, it like, I think whichever one is actually vulnerable to the other, it, it goes in the way that makes the least narrative sense. That's important to us to, to always be making the least yeah, narrative sense yeah. possible. But I mean, it just that, that circle of five was like, you know, it was like, oh, it was like clever magic the gathering kind of thing, but it doesn't actually like, and it's like each of them is kind of defensible, but like, not really. It doesn't yeah, really make sense. They're, they're, they're not much more defensible than anything would be. Yeah. Like, we, I'm sure we could come up with reasons that they were equally defensible if we just reversed all the relationships. Um, 
And, you know, it's just things like we, we can't do things like make a monster a specific element without doing all of the things that that entails, like making it immune to its own element and vulnerable to specific other elements, even though it might not make any sense for them to be vulnerable for those to those other specific elements. You Can you make a monster that's all five elements? No, a monster can only be one element. Well, that's I a mean, problem. physical is all five elements. Uh, Ku already says, are you guys getting a bunch of joke bug reports about the bug pheromones? No, we're getting a lot of real bug reports about mm-hmm. them f- ruining some kind of shit in the Oasis that I don't understand. I don't know. That's fixed. There's also some dumb thing where I fixed a problem with turtle blessings occurring in Spelunky, and I made it so they all occur all the time. It So PHP is a loosely typed language, which means you just make a variable, and it's just whatever, and you can perform whatever functions on it. Like, you can say, hey, is this greater than this other thing? And it won't, like, halt execution because, hey, that's not a number. That's obviously not what you meant. Uh, or, you know, can't compare a number to a string or whatever. But what that does is it makes it so you can accidentally do things where you put a parenthesis in the wrong place or whatever, and now it's like this thing that you're supposed to set to either one, two, or three gets set to true. Thursday. <laughs> oh, and then if true equals one, then do this blessing. If true equals two, then do this blessing. And if true equals three, do this blessing. And hey, who, what do you know? They're all true. Uh, so, damn it. And it was just a thing where somebody, and I think it's probably me, you can do a thing where you can say, like, X equals this variable. Like, X equals has flag turtle farts or whatever, right? So then if you don't have the flag turtle farts, X is equal to zero. And if you do, it's equal to a value. But then you can do if... X equals and not equals equals, not the comparison operator. Mm. You can do if X equals turtle farts. It sets equal to turtle farts. It sets X equal to that flag, right? But then if it's one, the if statement evaluates to true. If it's one or more, the if statement evaluates to true. And if it's zero, it doesn't. So you can say like, set this variable equal to the value of this flag. And if it's greater than one, do this. But then what that does is it makes it so if you accidentally then put a parenthesis in the wrong place. So what I was doing was, a bitwise operator for determining whether you were getting those greater blessings or not. I was setting which blessing you had to a bitwise and between having the flag that was the blessing and not being in Spelunky mode, which I have no fucking idea what that was. I think it just evaluated to true. Interesting. Um, anyway, that was a goofy bug. Uh, I would be a huge fan, says Bill the Panther, of either getting rid of the pirates entirely. All right, done. <laughs> Heard it here uh, or rolling out a new and longer version of the quest. I'm a player who likes to go fast when I'm trying, so I tend to do the pirates. I also tend to like it when you revamp stuff to make it better and take more turns. See the new Black Forest, for example. So essentially, I try to use the fastest route available to me, but I wouldn't complain if everyone suddenly had to take a longer route. Obviously, you'd get some complaints, but if you rolled it out at the beginning of a season, I think a longer version would be awesome. Uh, you got to remember that people also just really like pirates. That's true. So, I mean, I could probably just make a better version of the pirates quest. Just make sure it was longer than the Copperhead quest and then say, all right, there you go. This is still a way to do it. The problem with that is then there's no like, you know, you, I think, liked the pirates being there as an option because it is the speed shortcut. But like the Copperhead quest has all these built in speed shortcuts, sure. right? It's just the same as the old we we tended to want to reward existing player knowledge in a lot of these things. And in this one, I just think it was, I just think it was a bad move because I think the pirates are still kind of bad. 
Uh, unrelated question. Would you ever consider making a Tales of Spelunking style content unlocker the seasonal reward for a challenge path? I think that would be pretty cool. You know, that's a, that is a category of work that I feel stupid doing in non-paid content. It's also, it would be a lot of work for something that was also a lot of work. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, <coughs> like those challenge pads are usually a lot of effort. Like this one, the next, the upcoming one, Riff has been working on for months, months, and mm. it's been in sort of serious testing for a week or two at this point, and it's, it still needs some more time. I've just been playing it normally for a week, and I'm level six. <laughs> I am so good at this game. There are just we a bunch of turn speed gen it up a little bit, probably. Ah, uh, yeah, probably. There are just a bunch of turn gen concerns that I don't know anything about fucking turn gen in this game. Today, I ate five hot wings, <laughs> which I know I wasn't supposed to eat those because I'm probably supposed to use them to do some pirate bullshit later. <laughs> the thing, one of my favorite things about doing ascension runs is going and doing the junk sprite quest because I'm like, ah, oh, this is fun. I like these guys. I like that they have randomly generated names. I like that there was a hippie. <laughs> That told me that he wanted me to do this stuff. And I like, you know, I like going in and making a choice, you know, <laughs> like I wish that was on the beaten path because it's always it's also like, what am I? I need to level up to six so that I can get the new quest from the council. And it's like, oh, right. I can go. This hippie needs help. This is awesome. I, <laughs> uh, is there a reason, says Honus Carbuncle, that Thor's pliers on a free pull in Hardcore Heavy Rains run? I'm guessing it's something with the narrative. Shame on me, I saw someone with them equipped in Hardcore and assumed they would be free pulls like Pete's jacket and Boris hat, so I bought one and I can't get at it. Not a huge deal, just curious. Yeah, so they you just get it when you ascend into it, because making something a free pull for a specific path is... Not really a thing. Yeah, it's just a bunch of hard-coded bullshit that I wanted to stop doing, and so I just decided to pull the plug on it with that one. Um... You know, it's one of the, and I, I could probably still do it. Like we could probably make the VIP key just show up in appropriate runs in the letter from the king. That's still what I would like to do, right? Um, but you know, it's just we, the way that we did it the first time is not the right way to do it. And so then, but then the way that we did it the second time, it was easier to just copy and paste those things than doing it the right way. But with heavy rains, I was finally like, all right, fuck this. I'm tired of. Because every time we made something a free pull in a particular path, it would just introduce the same set of bugs that we had to deal with because there were always more places that we had to touch to do that than than anybody remembered there being. Um, so, yeah, it was is is just messy. And that's why it doesn't work that way. F says, so I'm working on my taxes for last year. You guys are a charity, right? Feeding the homeless or providing clothes for the smelly. You can say that we are. We de- we won't providing, we definitely won't like go out of our way to call the smelly the IRS and tell you <laughs> yeah. Uh, Melon Squeezer says maybe the legendary disco bandit weapon should be a knife on a banjo a banjo net. Green and seventy two says, "Dear Jake, the chateau's bed alt text has free after if if it's free. Could this also happen with the campground west rest west in your dwelling? Doesn't it? I thought so. There's there's art for zero turn resting on everything. Yeah, so it definitely knows it could replace the alt text if it doesn't already." 
Uh, Ungawa says, with the gear rewards from standard runs, I'm again seeing folks bringing up that it's a hassle that the Turtle Tamer Smith's item is a shield. I know in the past you weren't a fan of the idea of back shields since they weren't balanced around that. What about giving Turtle Tamers the option to wear a shield in the main hand while only still allowing one hand, one shield to be equipped at a time? Yeah, if there's one thing we should do, it's like change fundamental game systems to make the Smith's Tome better. Yeah. Or make Wait, shield, you get it? shield you get but in? more dominant. I, God damn it. I really like the idea of back shields. For turtle time, like it makes so much sense. Okay, here's the thing: an offhand item that all it does is allow you to wear a shield on your back. <laughs> hmm. So yeah. it's just a minus one equipment slot. Mm-hmm. That's that's great. Uh, Saint Intergalactic says, uh, Saint Love Intergalactic. I remember a while ago you fielded some questions about an NS11 challenge path and why it would never happen. If memory serves, a large part of the reason is because that version of the game just doesn't exist anymore and would have to be reconstructed from scratch. What I wonder is, is it possible that uh, we could get a challenge path that features the main quest as they were in their pre-revamp form? I feel like the knee-jerk reaction to this question would be something like, we revamped them to make better, why would, uh, we revamped them to make them better, why would we release content that is by definition objectively worse? And my answer to that is that it would be interesting to players for historical purposes. But those things are equally not there anymore. Yeah, it's the idea of trying to revert the code back to that era. Is but only on certain paths. Weird like, yeah, and that's... difficult. and Yeah. Anyway. Uh, oh, no, another putt says, well, Fuji Actually, cook from... Hmm? Wait a second. Did, did you... There was a, a variable that you flipped. To make everything... To make NS13 happen? Yeah. And I assume you have since gone back and removed a lot of those a lot conditional of them, statements. Yeah. But I wonder what would happen if you... Just turn that off? Turn that off. I don't know. I think it would be goofy <laughs> as shit. Like, I think a lot of quests... Like, there are a lot of... I think it might revert to using the old conditional field on item drops, which hasn't wow. been set for any conditional drops that we've made in the last five or six years. So... I wonder what that would mean. I don't know. I yeah, mean, well, I think a lot of shit would just so be super, weird. super broken. I like. I think you'd probably get a bunch of quest drops. You'd probably just get a bunch of drops that shouldn't drop. Um. Huh. But yeah, I know that's funny. To that was actually kind of an interesting idea, and I was I'm surprised that you don't do that more. I did it for the Valhalla revamp. Did you? Yeah, it's having a single global variable that you can flip when everything is ready and then it all just works i mean we do we do a lot of stuff like that now sort of like we roll over gate a lot more things than we used to so that world events just happen on their own or go away on their own i mean the twitch event there's just a a, there's an entry in the globals table that if i just turn on the twitch tower is all available and that stuff just all happens on its own now instead of being rollover gated which is nice um so i mean definitely like you know, holidays work that way, right? The code is the same, and when you log in during a holiday, it just sets a holiday variable. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was just, that was a thing that so many things were so different in so many different scripts right. that having to go and change them all at rollout would have been too onerous. It would be interesting maybe to... To build a game where you left all of those toggles in and could go back and tweak them. Yeah. Just do, just version everything. Just store a, yeah. a version number. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. And then world events could just be, oh, time travel. Yeah. Delete all your items that you got after this time. 
Oh, no, another putz says, while food you cook from class skills like high main still remain pretty good in your diet, stuff like the Disco Bandit superhuman cocktails have been blown away in quality by things like the Speakeasy, the Fist Turkey, and Smithson's drinks. Are you cool with uh, superhuman cocktail crafting being subpar drinks nowadays? Uh, I don't know. They are still pretty good if you don't have those donation items. Yeah. And I I think that the reason that you eat high mains is because you get all of the ingredients in run in a way that you don't necessarily with the cocktails, right? Like there was a kind of, a kind of principle early on where food was kind of meant to be easier to come by than booze. Right. And Hmm. I've been thinking about reevaluating because this used this used to seem like a really huge project, but like my idea for what constitutes a huge project in KOL is, you know, that the goalposts have moved quite a bit. Just reevaluating cooking and cocktail crafting because it like I I feel like no matter how much you like the status quo, you have to admit that it is pretty stupid that the ingredients for the best crafted foods in the game come from a, like a level five zone that just happened to be the one place where food ingredients dropped at the time when I made the cooking skills. Right. And in thinking about revamping the Island, especially just having the Island be way more of a place. Mm-hmm. I'm tempted to move the stuff that you use to make high mains and, and the better cocktails away from the lower level stuff and into higher level stuff into your car into yeah out of my knob and into my hippie (laughs) um and i don't know how much of an effect that that would have like as somebody speaking as somebody who plays this game and doesn't know what the fuck he's doing i like i'm never finding anything worth eating or drinking (laughs) right and you mean just drops yeah and yeah just because I don't know, you know, I don't know where anything is, especially in an avatar path where you don't like, you can't just conjure up stuff to make food right. out of recipes that I remember or, you know, get it from, get it from items of the month familiars or whatever. Like, and I don't know how much of the, like, I, I think there's a lot of stuff that we could do that would increase turn gen for casual people while reducing or leaving it the same for really serious like i'm gonna spend all my meat on food for world events people that would probably just be a net positive all of that stuff is so legacy and i mean looking at it now so we could we could revamp smithing and everybody would just be like oh this is great because there's no way we would make something that had as low a level of engagement as meatsmithing as a craft does now right right and i think that's a thing that we probably should do is like hey let's see can we figure out a way to make this actually mean something we revamped it once yeah added a bunch of new ores and stuff yeah we never did go the third tier of it because just nobody cared right you know it was like oh let's figure out how to do all this stuff and it's like oh well because this costs a turn no one will ever do it and also, once you make something, you just have it. Forever. You just have it, yeah. So in after core, you don't. It's just, and it's always that's always going to be a problem with crafting disciplines that produce durable goods instead of consumables, right? Yeah. Um. But yeah, I don't know. I've just been. 
I, I also like I know more about cocktails now than I did when I designed the cocktail crafting system early on. Hmm. You know, it's weird that all of the like normal basic fruits come from the island, which is quasi end game, right? Uh, I mean, depends on which version of the island, right? Yeah, but I mean, the one that and you know nobody goes there. Or, I mean, maybe they do. Sure, they I don't know. I mean, I guess a lot of people for serious players, it's just automatically unlocked because there's so many ways of unlocking the island in various donation content. Yeah. Anyway, um, as Angel posts an idea about a way for converting standard items into previous year's standard items, um. Disco Fever Diva says, is there a reason why some of the avatar changing potions are effective for 30 turns and others for 50 turns? Yes. Is there? Yep. Relative rarity. Like oh. the, all the avatar changing potions from the bosses are 100% drops and last longer. And all the ones from regular monsters are percentage chance drops and last for less time. Ooh. And I sometimes, I sometimes screw that up a little bit, but it's, it's mm. pretty consistent. I don't like those items. You don't like the what? I don't like those items. Really? I wish that they were... Because I always... When I'm playing and one drops, I'm like, whoa, what's this? And I'm like, oh, it's just fucking Avatar bullshit. Like, I, I wish that they were all themed as whatever, whatever costume. Right? And all had the same icon and just were... Like, I wish it was clear. They go into that, that, like, that separate section. I know, I know. But, but when they drop, it's like, whoa, what the fuck is this? Like, oh, it's a weapon. Oh, no, it's not. It's just a fucking potion that looks like a thing that uses the same art and the same name as a thing that is a weapon. Like I don't like, there are some things where I know I get that these are opportunities for jokes, right? And it's fine. It's fine that they are opportunities for jokes. And those were a thing that like, that was good to just say like, Hey, Mr. Skull, I just make a bunch of these use reuse existing art, which is always a directive that I gave him. So it's like, Oh, okay. You know, what was he going to do? He was going to reuse existing art, but like, I don't know. They just, they just bother me. They bother me because I feel like they are a confusing thing in the same way that I wish that effects were consistently named. It was, it was odd going through the list of potions in quotation marks to find stuff for the juice bar because so many of the potions are just not things that would be in a juice bar. Yeah. Right. It, because it wasn't, that wasn't a category of item when we started Right. Making content for the game, right? It was like, you can use this thing and it gives you a temporary effect. Like, we came to think of those things as potions and then we Mm -hmm. formalized them as a potion item type. Right. But, you know, I mean, a lot of them were just like, all right, well, when you use this, it runs some PHP code so it can do fucking whatever, which is why a lot of the early items are like, oh, this is a combat item and potion and whatever. Like, it's also useful for some bullshit cave puzzle or something, right? Because there were only <laughs> 10 items. Anyway. Fly swatter. Yeah, is that another one of the no, Manuel potions? A, that one's actually a weapon, I think. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Thrensa says, idea. Make the Zeppelin protesters able to be dealt with ahead of time. Put a protester on the map, a la that hippie or Dakota Fanning, and have them piss off the adventurer enough that we feel justified in getting rid of them. Speedsters get there. We need stuff to do before level 9 content. Everyone can do the better of the two paths, and the pirates can get a revamp and be some cool on Stranger Tides-inspired aftercore content. Yeah. Sold. I don't know about... You know, people are going to be shitty about Shen, no matter what, because Riff did too good of a job making Shen into a <laughs> despicable character, right? 
people were talking about the the poisoned intrinsic being too too rough. Yeah, I have no problem reducing the magnitude of that really significantly. It is meant to be a joke. It is not meant to be a serious gameplay inhibitor. Because I, I what I what I get about this is. I think of these things as a thing that somebody tells you to do something and then you do it and then you're done with it. So I was thinking of this as only being a thing that applied to you during the time when you're doing this thing, which is sending you back to a bunch of things, places where the monsters are weaker. Right. That isn't true if you're tightly controlling how much monster level you're running. And it isn't true if you are optimizing and doing everything in whatever order saves the most turns rather than whatever order makes the most narrative sense. And so, yeah, I get it. I get why that bugs people. And so... I wonder if it would bug people as much as if, if it was minus one to every stat. I think people would still be shitty about it, but I don't think I, I think that most of the sort of silent majority would be okay with that. I would make it minus what if, five. What if instead <laughs> of a stat reducer, it was it was a small uh, negative hit point regeneration? Hmm. What if your stats were lower, but the monster gave you extra stats, uh, like? It's basically just monster plus monster level, but it manifests differently. Oh, huh. Yeah, I wonder. I mean, I think that the the it, it, whatever is true about the issue of being able to do it early is about leveling up to that point. I don't think you care about stats in combat anymore at all. <laughs> We've been super generous with them lately. Yeah, and I mean that's. Man, you know what else I've been using a lot of in this new Avatar run? Odd jobs. Yeah. <laughs> Susie loves them. You guys, I'm I'm fake spoiling. It's not really Susie. It's not really Susie <laughs> Avatar of Susie and the Cinnamon Challenge. I'm Wow, I'm, that's a good band name. Susie yeah. and the Susie Cinnamon, and Challenge. The Cinnamon yeah. Challenge. I'm trying to figure out why you would use the odd jobs board in this path. Uh, because I didn't have anything interesting to do. <laughs> Okay, you were just burning turns? Yeah, well, like at a point when I had like five hit points. Okay. And even everyone okay. was... Okay, because my initial thought was, what do you want the meat for? <laughs> no, it's the stats. Like, it was like, you know, you click this thing and spend ten turns and level from one to five. Right. Right? Like, that's... <laughs> I should maybe tone that down a little bit for super low-level characters. Stacy's super aware pussycats. Yeah. The best. <laughs> it's the best. It is the best palindrome. <laughs> Uh, all right, guys. Uh, do you want to go eat the best yes, nachos? I'm yeah, starving. Yeah. Uh, well, thanks for listening to the KOL podcast, everybody. Thanks for doing the KOL podcast with me, fellas. Uh huh. Make a hamburger out of farts. <laughs> what? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, uh, have a great week, everybody. Bye. <laughs>